Hey everybody, thanks for joining in today. Today we're going to have my father, Joseph Smith, on the show today to talk about a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And yes, you heard that right, another Joseph Smith for you to listen to on the Joseph Smith Show. My name is Joseph Smith, his name is Joseph Smith, and welcome to the Joseph Smith Show. Having a broken heart is to have recognized your dependence on God, to have recognized that evil exists and that it works continuously, and that the world, including yourself, has sinned. This broken heart is paired with a contrite spirit, namely a spirit or a soul that yearns to overcome the evil and the sin of the world and come closer to our benefactor or person from whom all blessings flow. To be able to recognize needs of, of improvement and to purely want to come to God is to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Well, to discuss a broken heart and a contrite spirit today, we have a special guest on the show, my father, Joseph Smith. Hi, Joseph. Yes, my name is Joseph Smith, and I am just so excited to be on the Joseph Smith Show. It's kind of fun <laughs> to have Joseph and Joseph on the Joseph Smith Show. Um, I finally made the cut, which is kind of cool. <laughs> it's, it's fun to be in here uh, with my son. So, yeah, I'm Joseph's dad, and um, uh, for my occupation, I work up at Tuacon Center for the Arts. I'm the HR director up there, so I get to deal with a lot of the, the drama offstage. And uh, I really, I really enjoy doing that. My wife and I, we have six children. Joseph is our number five, and um, we just absolutely love him. Grateful for the kind of young man he's becoming. Yeah, we're excited to have my dad on. He is always willing and able to share some <laughs> advice. But I do for what it's worth. It's free. Yes, right? it's free get what you pay for. Well, we are asked to come to Heavenly Father with humility, with a broken heart. I see today on social media, especially the Instagram comment section, the pride and what Nephi calls the stiff neckedness of people who continually deny and deny and throw back at God the message that Jesus Christ is trying to share. People who have never understood what civil discourse is and probably never would keep on firing their immature worded statements at the two millennial old institution of Christianity. And so it is tempting to fire back with our own pride and high mindedness and our own faith and belief. But nonetheless, we are asked to judge not that we are not judged. So this broken heart and contrite spirit that we're going to talk about today, we find is vital to our coming closer to Christ and farther from the Instagram comment section or the world or the grain spacious building, however you want to recognize the temptations of this earth. So why is the pursuit of having a broken heart and a contrite spirit so important? That is a great question. And this this concept of, of pursuing a broken heart and a contrite spirit is something that I'm deeply passionate about. I, I love this. And I just want to say, you know, right, right off the bat for the interest of your, your listeners and whoever that uh, I'm certainly not the expert, right? <laughs> I don't, you often hear, you know, when I look in the mirror and say, well, I'm, I'm humble. I have this broken heart, contrite spirit. Um, then you've lost it. Right. Yeah. So just to be clear, I, this is, this is a, daily process, something that, that I work on that I've ebbed and flowed. Sometimes I've been good at it. Sometimes I've been terrible at it and I'm grateful for repentance. But anyway, the, the why, why is it so important? It's, it is absolutely important. It's tantamount. And I want to start if it's okay with one of my favorite scriptures. Sure. I'll only read one. I yeah. promise I won't bore your, your audience with a bunch of scriptures. And Joseph knows that I love the scriptures. I just absolutely it's love a scripture them. junkie. It's like every <laughs> right. every morning there's nothing 
you try and just try and tell him what you're going to do today. And he's like, wait, well, hold on, I didn't catch that. He looks up from his scriptures. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, in Second Nephi, in the Book of Mormon, in Second Nephi uh, chapter 2, there is a scripture. And this is a very concise why it is so important for us to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And, and it simply says this, Behold, he, meaning Christ, offereth himself a sacrifice for sin to answer the ends of the law unto all those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And then the last line, listen carefully, is very sobering. And to me, it's maybe one of the most sobering lines that you can find in the scriptures. Okay, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And then he says, and unto none else can the ends of the law be answered unto none else. And so what he's teaching here is that without a broken heart and a contrite spirit, there is no other way really that that we can be saved. And let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. We learn in the scriptures all throughout the Bible and the Book of Mormon that there are some, some saving ordinances that we must participate in. Baptism, for example, is mm-hmm. a, a great example and partaking of the sacrament, which reminds us of the commitments that we make at baptism to follow our Savior, Jesus Christ, right? To be born again. Yep. And there's some other saving ordinances uh, that happen later on when we get into the temple and priesthood is important. Other things, you know, like that. And but oh, it, go ahead. it's important to stress this importance that there's only one way, Jesus Christ is saying, there's only one way that to the ends of the law can it be fulfilled to be to be broke, have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, the humility to come unto Jesus Christ. Because there are some who find this broken heart. They recognize that there is wrong and it's very discouraging. And with and without, then the point I'd like to make is the importance of the contrite spirit is that if if you realize that, it, that the world is so bad, you might turn to the world and say, well, if you can't beat them, join them. You know, eat, sleep, drink, be married for tomorrow we die. And then that's where people are lost on strange paths and they dive deeper and deeper into the darkness of the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they would have found this, found their contrite spirit, we all have this spirit within us, the potential to be good, to, the potential to come to Heavenly Father. And if you don't find your uh, contriteness or whatever of right. your spirit, if you don't find that yearning to come back, Jesus is saying there's really no other way. You yeah. have to find it. In fact, you raise a great point. In fact, let's let's break break this down a little bit. Uh, it, you know, to just finish the thought, it's you know, I can check the box of baptism. I can check the box of taking the sacrament and do those things. But if I don't achieve this, if I don't have this broken heart and contrite spirit, those ordinances can be meaningless. Yes, makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, to your point, let's break it down a little. What does it mean? to have a broken heart, right? I mean, this is a metaphor. I don't, I'm not going to reach in, right? Yeah. To your chest cavity and break your heart. That's not what he's talking about. What does it mean to be broken? And uh, what that means is to be able to, often people will say humility, right? Right. Which which is true, but it also means- But humility be, is pretty tough to find. Yeah. Well, you had, you, yeah. just, you said a great definition of your grandfather's definition of yes. humility, right? Recognizing our dependence on God. But to be broken also is is more in the sense of, and you'll relate to this, having 
been raised on a ranch a little bit. You've been around horses. What does it mean when a horse is broken? Right. It's ready to be tamed. It's it's broken from its um, wild it can, nature. Yeah, it's ready to be controlled by its master. Mm. Okay. I like that. A horse is a wild animal when it's born. And through the process of breaking that horse, right, you can literally put a piece of steel in its mouth, a bit, we call it, right? Yeah. And you can get on top of that horse and a well-trained, a well-broken horse and a great rider can literally guide that horse with the just smallest of pressure left and right. In fact, you almost don't even need the mm-hmm. reins. You can you can press with your knees yeah. and get that horse to move. So that's, in a sense, hmm. how I want to describe what it means to be to be broken. I'm ready to let my Savior, Jesus Christ, in, in, and take and, me where and you through want the me whisperings to go. of the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> where do I need to go? Yeah. And then really quickly, what does it mean to be contrite? It's to be willing. It's to to search. Yeah, exactly. Um, desiring correction when we yeah. need is to be contrite. The desire to be corrected, and that's hard. Now, going back to, you mentioned the pride of the world. Um, I was just studying last week in my scripture study, and I, I love David Ridges. He's, a, he's a, an amazing scriptorium scholar, and he talks about, the three big tools that Satan or the adversary will say sometimes uses to try to, to dethrone us. And he talks about one materialism and two sexual immorality and three is a big one. And that's pride. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to add a fourth and that's discouragement. Yeah. If the adversary can get us discouraged, man, he has our way with he, us. He has, our, yeah, he has, he has his, his way, way with, us. with us, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. What is the antidote to all those things? Broken heart, willingness to let the Savior in my life and do His will, right? Yeah. In a contrite spirit. That's the, and that's why, it's a long answer to the why, it is so yeah. important that we try to have this broken heart, contrite spirit. Yeah, you mentioned those three, those, those four things. Then discouragement, I think, is a big deal. If it you have the broken deal. heart and it's not paired with the contrite spirit, you'll be discouraged. Yeah. It's such a big deal in this day and age because when we look at the news and what the world, everything mm-hmm. going on around us, it's, it's it can be so easy to lose hope. And we don't need to lose hope. We know who wins. We know. That's right. <laughs> we know who wins. We know the end game. We know if you game. haven't received that witness of who's going to win, if you think it's just words on a page, then it's time to find your contrite spirit. Yeah. It's time to actually ask with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, how do we, how do we do it? How do we find the broken heart? How do we find the contrite spirit? You know, there is a great, one of my favorite stories. And again, I'm, I love the book of Mormon. I'm going to tell, I'm, I'm not going to read it, but I'll paraphrase. There's a great story in the book of Mormon of how a little dramatic, but it teaches the principle. Yes. And there is a moment in the book of Mormon where there is a, a king and he's the king of the Lamanites and the Lamanites, for those that haven't read the book of Mormon, are a people in the Book of Mormon who at this time are very wicked. They are not believers, we'll put it that way, in Christ. And there's a missionary by the name of Aaron, right? And he decides with some of his brothers and friends they're going to go on a mission, and they have a quest to bring the light and knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ again to these people. Who are related to them. They they all descend from the same father. It's important to know. They go way, way back. Way, way back. 
So they are connected. These two people, the Nephites at this time are mm-hmm. more righteous. The Lamanites are, are struggling with righteousness. Yeah, very <clears throat> and through a series of events, and it'd be a long story to get to where we are, but through a series of events, this king has become somewhat sufficiently humble to receive the message that Aaron has. And so Aaron goes before the king and he, he teaches the gospel. Yeah. He teaches about who God is and his great, you know, his plan of salvation, his happiness and, and how one can be saved through Christ. And through this experience, the king heart begins to melt. Begins and to break. He begins to believe, begins to break. Exactly. And he becomes contrite because he's desiring he says, he says, give me more, if I yeah. remember right in the well, story. It, what happens first is after he listens to Aaron, the great king, again, of all the Lamanites says, hey, what do I need to do mm. to receive? And for this, my people. Yeah, to receive this salvation, to, to know God. In fact, I will give my entire kingdom away for this. Right. So he gets close, but he doesn't quite get it. I will give away my entire kingdom to know God. And Aaron mm-hmm. says, no, 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 no. That's not what the Lord yeah. wants. The Lord says those things are worthless to him. That's right. I have worlds without number. Exactly. He And he teaches Lamoni a little bit more. And this time, or not Lamoni, excuse me, the great king of the Lamanites, um, Lamoni is his son, apologies. Mm-hmm. The great king of the Lamanites, this time he gets it. And he says now, and this is in Alma chapter 22, I will give all of my sins away <laughs> to know God. And that's so simple. It's beautifully simple. We don't we can't yes. we don't say it like that today. And that's what the Lord wants. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want your stuff. He doesn't want your the great things that you can do, you know. All those things are nice, but in the end what he wants is that broken heart and contrite spirit. And are you willing, great king of the Lamanite, to give away your yeah. sins, the things that hold you back? So how do we achieve this broken heart and contrite spirit? Well, we need to get to a point where we're willing to give away the even our maybe most some favorite. of these things, you know, <laughs> that we talked about the three big tools. Yeah. Materialism, the pride, the other things. What are we willing to give up? It's like to a, let Christ in our hearts and have this broken heart, contrite yeah. spirit. It's like President Nelson. He says sometimes we, I think it's President Nelson. He says sometimes we even have to give up our most favorite sins. Yes, exactly. <laughs> even our most favorite indulgences. Exactly. Let me tell you this personal story, and this is about my dad, your grandfather. All right. Okay. And he's passed away, so hopefully he won't turn in his grave and reach and say, what are you doing? <laughs> no, he wouldn't because he actually wrote a, a book about this in, in his memoirs. But long time ago before you were born, uh, your grandfather struggled a little bit. He got caught up in some of these tools that Satan uses to overthrow us. Pride was a big one. And uh, ultimately, he made some really bad choices in his life. Okay. And to his credit and my everlasting gratitude and my family's gratitude, he decided to to come clean. And your grandfather was uh, a man who had built a very large company, a lot of notoriety. 
um, pretty well known, especially in the state of Utah in corporate America. He was kind of known as the father of time management. He was the creator of the Franklin Day Planner. Some of your listeners will be familiar with that. Yeah. And so when you talk about wealth and power and all those things, he was kind of for a little while there, I think he got caught up in that and thought he was kind of all that in a bag of chips and he made some poor choices and he decided to come to come clean. And and I've, I've always thought that he was finally in kind of that same position as this great king was kind of metaphorically mm-hmm. the time where, of the, the Book of Mormon. And where he's willing to give where up. He was finally willing to give up his sins to again and know God. And this was difficult for him. Yeah, accepting that it will be hard. Yes, because it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for his family. It was terrible what my mother had to go through. It was embarrassing for her. He knew that coming clean might jeopardize his career. Mm -hmm. It might jeopardize the relationship he had with his children, especially with his spouse. Okay, all of these things he recognized could be in jeopardy. But he knew that he had to give those things up and make things right with the Lord. And so he had this, this moment where he knew he needed to get back to this broken heart and contrite spirit. And I'm willing to give up my sins. I'm willing to go through this gauntlet of pain, if you will, to apply the atonement of Jesus Christ in my life and know God again. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to your grandfather that he was willing to do that and you know your grandfather is <laughs> as the man that he was before this an even greater well, man after, after this yes. and he was if anybody that had a if there was anybody that had a more powerful testimony of repentance forgiveness <laughs> right the bring gospel, them forward yes the, <laughs> the gospel of jesus christ it was your grandfather, and I'm sure grateful for for that example. And yeah. you could see towards the end of his life how it blessed his life and blessed mm-hmm. his family's life. Yes, and I think one major point we have to point out, you're kind of off topic, but it's some people have this incorrect perspective of those that we deem more righteous than ourselves, and it's perfection. Whether we, whether we recognize our perspective as, oh my goodness, they're perfect, or it's, oh my goodness, they're just so much better than I am. The truth is many of those people have experienced the other side of things like Mm -hmm. grampy for example Mm -hmm. who was who did very well earlier before his before his wrong before his sin who did very well and was highly thought of and then he experienced the low and he came back out of it even better right on top of things and that's in my eyes even more admirable that he that he experienced the low he accepted that it was going to be hard, but he had to give up his sins yep. and come clean. Yeah. And then he came out of it even better, man. Yeah. Now, I've given two pretty big kind of dramatic examples, but right. there's lots of little things every day that we can kind of give up, right? Maybe mm-hmm. we'll move into that. I don't know. Yeah. What it, well, I mean, of course, what is a experience where you've needed to find some sense of a broken heart and a contrite spirit? And then what are oh, the boy. things that, what wow. are the things that, um, we have to do every day to make sure that we're cultivating that bro- broken heart yeah. and contrite spirit. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I'm, I'm passionate about this is because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> and so I, you know, I, this is something that I, I try to be, if I think of examples in, in my life where I've 
I've realized, hey, I I can't do this alone. I I need I need this broken heart, contrite spirit, and let the Lord guide me. And and one stark example that I can remember is when I chose to go on a mission. And I those were in the days when you're 19. I, I served a, a mission. I was called uh, to serve in the south of France. And I was really excited about that ever since I was a little boy. I always wanted to go to France <laughs> for whatever reason. And I got to go there. Uh, but, you know, I'm 19. I'm going on my mission. And I thought I was hot stuff. Let me tell you something. I was just cool, 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 right? And I got into the MTC. And I was going to spend two months there because of the language. And I think I still remember, it wasn't quite two weeks into that MTC experience where I started to feel like, man, Mm -hmm. there's no way I can. I'm not as cool as I thought I was, right? I'm not as smart as I thought I was. And here in the MTC, uh, you know, I could just feel how the Lord was breaking me down, (laughs) breaking me down. And I finally, I remember I got to a point, it was one night where I was almost in tears and I realized I needed to get on my knees and I needed to repent and I needed to, for my pride, and I needed to implore the Lord and beg, I need help. I cannot do this, what you've asked me to do without your help. And I remember just this feeling of peace and comfort coming into my heart, humility, and it changed everything for me. And I began to, uh, it's interesting, I, I began to learn more. The language, you know, started to come a little bit more where I had the bit in my mouth, <laughs> finally, where and, the Lord could use me. And you were willing to move yeah. in whichever direction you were pressed. Exactly. Um, I had a very similar experience. I share one more. Um, uh, years later, when you were a little boy, I was called to serve as bishop yeah. of our ward. Okay, and uh, I tease sometimes. I say tongue in cheek. I, I served just over a five-year sentence <laughs> <laughs> as bishop. Marvelous experience, absolutely marvelous and humbling experience. Um, I had served in a bishopric prior to that for five or six years, and so. Again, when I was called as bishop, I thought that you had it all figured. I had out. it all figured out, right? I had watched my previous bishop that I served under, who was an amazing human being, and I thought I kind of knew what was going on, and this was going to be not that big a deal. Well, again, and it's sad that it took this long, but it was about two or three weeks <laughs> into it. I remember I'm sitting there in my bishop's office feeling overwhelmed and realizing I'm an idiot. When am I going to learn my lesson? I can't do this alone. And I needed to get a grip again on this. If I was going to to be an effective bishop and to really serve and help the members of my ward and do all the other things, right? Career, providing for my family, providing for my wife's needs, my children's needs, all the things you got to do. I can't do this alone. I, I need the Lord's help. And I remember, again, dropping on my knees, just like Elder Smith did some 18, 16 years before, whatever it was, and just praying, I, I need your help. And I prayed 
I can't tell you how often I prayed as as a bishop to keep that kind of broken heart. Those are just a couple kind of bigger examples. More relatable experiences, yeah. Yeah. And it's, thank you for sharing those. Those are, I, I increasingly, as I see more and more and grow older and witness more of the world, I get sick. I get sick and sad for the people who insist and they tell other people that they too should insist that it's all up to you. You should just take whatever you want to do and do it because you want to. Your own, it's all about you, the individual. Basically, you're, you are your own God because, oh, you know, nobody else matters except for your own feelings mm-hmm. because of this idea right here. Once you're placed in a position where responsibility is supposed to be assumed and you're trying to assume that responsibility effectively and you realize that you can't do it alone. That's why people get married, <laughs> have yeah. a wife to have children because they need help and because they know that they can build something greater than themselves. People keep on insisting that it's all about the individual these days. Mm-hmm. But I know from experiences, from my, you know, uh, you know, your experiences, grandfather's experiences, mom's experiences, siblings' experiences, there is no way at all that you can get past the age of 18 by yourself <laughs> yeah, alone. Exactly. You need the help of the Heavenly Father and the Holy Ghost. You know, there's a great... Uh, one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament is in Micah. It's in chapter six, and we won't take the time to read it. But uh, that prophet basically says, hey, what is it that the Lord exactly requires of us? And Micah says there's three things, and that's to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. (laughs) So this concept that we're talking about, broken heart, contrite spirit, is thousands of years old yes it goes back to the old testament it's something that has been so important for the human being to connect with its god and it's interesting to connect to our god we must serve others we must lose ourselves and have a greater sense of others right how do we how can i serve them yeah because the only thing we can take with us when we die the only one thing we can take with us besides what's in our minds and our hearts Mm -hmm. And that is relationships, right? Yes. Relationships. Those are the, what we can take with us. Yes. Well, thank you for being on to talk about broken hearts and contrite spirits. Please go, if if you're listening and you've gotten this far, we invite you to go and search and pray for yourself to find a broken heart and a contrite spirit, to come closer to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and farther away from the world that continues to tempt you. Yeah, the, us. The, really quickly, the daily things, and we bring this down to today, there's some really simple daily things we can do, and that is daily prayer. Maybe mm-hmm. it's daily scripture study. It's uh, our, our prophet, president of our church, asks us to think celestial, <laughs> right? When we think celestial throughout the day, when we're trying to do that, disciplined thoughts lead to disciplined Actions. action, right? And we begin to begin to feel a greater portion of his of his spirit. Daily repentance isn't something else that he's yeah. asked us asked us to do. Those are all the just little things that we can do to help. And it comes down to how this. how willing we are, how much effort we're willing to put in. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, spot on daily prayer doesn't take a ton of effort. Get on your knees for however long you want to take and pray to your Heavenly Father. Yeah. Things like daily repentance might take a little more effort, but they are dang sure 
more beneficial, more beneficial. Exactly. Those things are the things that cleanse your soul. Mm -hmm. And it's just about the effort you're willing to put in. Right on. So thanks for being on the show, dad. You're welcome, Joseph. I love you. I had to say that. Can I say that publicly? I love you, Joseph. You're a great young man. I'll allow it. Thank you for being our son. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you all for joining in today and talk a little to talk a little bit about a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I'm grateful for that my father was on the show today. Hopefully that we learned a little bit more about being humble before the Lord and being willing to come closer to him and farther away from our earthly inhibitions. Thank you so much for joining in and make sure to join us next week, Monday at 7 a.m. for the new episode of the Joseph Smith Show. Have a good one.